0: Hello Mamas and Dads if you're listening and welcome to episode 3 of Bumped Mum. I am super excited this week to be sharing a conversation with you. In this episode I spoke to Kaylin um, who has a daughter Claire and is based down in Dunedin. Um, In this conversation Kaylin shares a very honest account of her fourth trimester and the struggles she faced with mental health um, and postpartum anxiety and a baby that wouldn't sleep. On top of that she also had her partner away traveling for a lot of the fourth trimester and she really opens up about the, what her reality was for that fourth trimester, the struggle she had um, and how she got support to, to kind of overcome those struggles. I really appreciate Kaylin sharing this story, you know, it's it's not an easy one to share and she still admits that she is, you know, taking it day at a time um, but I think it's really important that we shine a light on this side of the fourth trimester, you know, it's not always rainbows and um, always positive and so um, Kaylin speaks so well and just very grateful for her sharing that i also just want to remind everyone before this episode if you are struggling with your own mental health um there is a free service that you can text and call 1737 anytime and speak to a trained counselor you can also call 0800 lifeline or text 4357 Like all these episodes, I'm not advocating for any particular approach. These are just honest conversations between mums, sharing what's worked for us, sharing what's not worked for us, what we've been through um, and what our journey into motherhood and continuing into motherhood looks like. So pick and choose what you take. Um, Kaylin's hope was that her experience can make anyone else out there who maybe is going through something similar realize that they're not alone um, and to reach out to get support. So without further ado, I'll zip my lips. I would love you to provide any feedback on this episode um, and yeah, enjoy. Hey Kaylin, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm super excited to get into this. So why don't we start and I'll pass over to you. I'd love you to introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about you and your family. Sure thing. So
1: my name is Kaylin. Um, I live in Dunedin. My family is made up of my husband, Josh. He plays a bit of rugby down here. Um, and my daughter, Claire, who is coming up seven months old now, um, which is just crazy. Um, I moved to Dunedin um, straight after school, thinking that I'd come for just a bit of a party and do some yeah. study. Yeah. And <laughs> met my husband at um, one of the popular student bars down here, Starters Bar, in my oh. first year of uni.
0: <laughs> and never left. Yeah. Amazing, though. Yeah. I mean, it grows on there? you. It, the weather could
1: be better. Um, but I have a great, um, a great home here. I have some really good friends down here as well, um, and Josh really loves his job here. And I had a great job prior to um, having Clear um, at the university as well. So, yeah, no, it's 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 not all bad down here down south.
0: Oh, cool. So, what were you? So, are you currently still on parental leave? What's your like? What was your pre pre Clear work situation?
1: Yeah, I am on parental leave at the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. Prior to having Claire, I sort of worked in the mental health space doing a variety of different things. Um, Mm -hmm. I worked with young people through Oranga Tamariki. Um, Mm -hmm. I also worked um, a bit in sensitive claims, which is for um, victims and survivors of sexual abuse and assault. And I have also done some teaching in the psychology department at the university, which was Pretty cool job.
0: Oh my goodness, some really quite heavy things that you're kind of focused on then. So, are you, you see, you're on parental leave. Do you know when you'll go back to work at this point or? Um, I think
1: with Josh's job, because he travels so often and we Mm. don't have any family down this way, I think going back to a full-time job would be really difficult, but I'm hoping Mm. to sort of pick up, um, a few things here and there, um, and maybe return to a bit of part-time work, um, when Claire turns one in the middle of the year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's one of those things that you've really just got to kind of take it as it comes, don't you? Like it's, it's hard to know when you take totally. that leave of when you'll be ready or what your situation will be when it's kind of time to go back. Absolutely. So where are you at in your motherhood journey today? And are there any particular challenges you're facing or something that you're really enjoying at the moment? Um, yeah, today I feel <laughs> like I'm sort of at this point
1: where I'm kind of slowly emerging from like the fog that comes with being a new mum and, mm. And it's, it's really nice. I feel like I'm finally finding my feet a little bit. I'm getting into a bit of a groove. Um, mm-hmm. Claire and I, we are just getting along so well. She She's oh. so much fun to hang out with. Um, and, yeah, it's the last, I'd say, probably month. Um, has been has been really really enjoyable, which is cool. We've started solids. She loves Ooh. the food. Um, yep, nothing is safe anymore. It goes straight <laughs> into the mouth. If I'm eating, she's eating, or we oh. will know about it. <laughs>
0: awesome. Um,
1: but yeah, no, it's it's the last month has been really really nice. Yeah, getting to that mm. six month point. Um, yeah, she's just yeah a happy little girl, which is great.
0: Oh, fantastic. And while we're on the while you've brought up solids, I'm very intrigued. So did you what sort of method did you go with did you go purees? Did you do the the baby lead weaning? And how did you find that? Um, we do sort of a mixture of both. So
1: yeah. um, there's a really great New Zealand company actually called Gourmet Baby um, that do purees um, and it's like all organic, there's no additives. So I bought a few of their purees. Um, mm-hmm. And they are great. And then I sort of give her that alongside um, some sort of baby led weaning as well, just getting her Mm -hmm. used to sort of different textures and things like that, much to my mum and Josh's horror. Um, Mm -hmm. They just think that, like, she's going to choke any second. They have to leave the room. I'm like, it's fine. Like, coughing is normal. Like, a little bit of gagging is normal. I've done first aid training. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, no, she's she's loving it. So, yeah, we kind of do a mixture of both which is which is really fun the mess not so fun but (laughs) um, yeah yeah, she's loving it so that's great
0: oh so cool. and like how much yeah how much is she actually eating versus just going all over her at the moment
1: um she eats more than um i thought she would actually um Mm a lot of it, yeah, is just sort of in the mouth and then spat out onto the ground. Um, yeah. But yeah, she definitely um, especially with the purees a lot of that goes in um, yeah. and yeah, shes I think she's much happier for it. She's fuller. Um, mm. She doesn't get as cranky and, and hungry um, and it's definitely helped her sleep, which I'm so thankful for. Um, I know it's a little bit of a controversial one. People say oh, the research shows, you know, solid's don't help sleep but
0: for me they
1: did so I'll take that win
0: (laughs) oh absolutely and I mean if it works for you and it works for Claire then hey go with it that's that's the best result so you mentioned you guys are in like a really good place at the moment um you're really enjoying her company which is super cute so if we go kind of prior to that six months and your fourth trimester how did you find that and you know highs and lows what was that experience for you like Oh, the fourth trimester—it was—it
1: was was a ride. Um, Mm. It was—it was much, much harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, I have—I have so many friends with children. I've hung out with them, um, you know, since their babies have been just born. Like, I love kids. I thought I knew what I was getting myself into, Um, but then. It was like the reality, reality of it sort of just like hit me like a freight train. Um, we also had a little bit of an unsettled time at the beginning in that when Claire was two and a half weeks old, um, Josh, my husband, he got called away for work. So he had to go to Africa for a couple of weeks. Um, and so I was doing a lot by myself. Luckily my mum flew over from Brisbane for a few weeks to help Mm. me um, which was nice but no one ever really expects to be parenting a newborn with their mum rather than their husband but she was amazing Um, and then Josh came back for a week then he had to go again for two weeks then he came back for like four days and had to go again for a week so the first sort of 12 weeks I think he missed maybe seven or eight weeks um, of that and yeah Yeah. I did a lot of solo parenting which Mm. honestly hats off to the solo parents out there because it was absolutely brutal Um, especially just going from having to just think about you and what you're doing in the day to having to think about this baby that you've got no idea how to look after, that cries mm-hmm. all the time, that never mm-hmm. sleeps. It was just absolutely brutal. Um wow. Yeah, so
0: oh. thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to sound like I'm complaining when I talk about no. it. Um and you know like I'm so thankful and so grateful to have a healthy baby and yeah. I know that there's people that would like that's their ultimate dream. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, I I think being like An adult that's you know worked in the psychology space and you know you feel generally pretty competent at whatever job Mm. you do right you you do your job because you enjoy it and you feel good at it and Mm. then all of a sudden you're a parent and you're like oh do I know how to do this like am I good at this Mm. or am I bad at this what's going on um yeah, it it came with a whole, a whole range of emotions, which was, which was really, really difficult.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think it just kind of goes to what you were saying is that there's no one really telling you how to do this. And then also to, and I guess to be expecting doing this, that, that journey with your husband and then to have him kind of whisked away, um, just throws another spanner in the works, doesn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I was lucky in that I had a friend, one of my best friends. She actually left her 18-month-old with her mom and flew down to help me. Um, yeah. She was five weeks pregnant, sleeping on my couch, helping me do night shifts while she was sick as anything. Um, oh. And, yeah, what she amazing. was just such a legend. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was hard work. At one point, I actually flew up to Hamilton with Claire by myself when she was about six weeks, and I lived in a hotel in Hamilton um, for the week just so that Josh could come and help me in the evenings oh. um, and at night, which was yeah. a crazy experience. Um, but, yeah, no, it was – it was definitely a shock um, yeah. at how, how difficult I found new mum life. And it sort of, yeah, definitely caught me by surprise.
0: I also, like, you know, I th- you, you touched on it, but I don't think you should feel bad for saying, like, you know, you found it really hard because I think that's just the reality and we should never feel bad for having those feelings because it is so hard and it doesn't mean you love your baby any less or you love being a mum any less, but it is just is that like it can be a complete shock um I definitely felt a shock and you know I had my husband here to support support me and was very much like equal loads um so I can only imagine how that would have felt I guess how how did you kind of cope like what was your strategy or did you just have to really surrender to what was happening
1: Yeah, no, I I think it's fair to say that I didn't cope very well. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there were times when I thought, okay, I can do this, but I'd say 90% of the time it was, this is absolutely too hard. There's no way that I'm going to make it through this. Um, Mm -hmm. I think from the minute I got home from hospital, and um, my birth was completely fine, completely normal. Okay. Um, I went to hospital 10 p.m., had epidural at 2 a.m. Claire was born at 6 a.m., no complications. Oh, um, like it was, yeah, it was very, very straightforward. Um, and I actually had to self-discharge myself that day um, because There's no birth care down here, right? There's no birth center um, that you can go to. And I I wish there was, but um, Mm. there's such a shortage of midwives down here, like there is anywhere in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially at Dunedin Hospital, they're absolutely slammed. So my midwife went home about 9 a.m. She had been with me all night. um, And I actually... Didn't see a single nurse or midwife in the hospital until I rang my buzzer about 3 p.m. that day. Um, and I'd sent Josh home for a nap because I thought, oh, people will be coming to check on me. They'll be coming to check on Claire. Like, we'll be good. I didn't see a single person. And yeah. I buzzed and a nurse came in. And I said, look, um, can, I go, can I go and have a shower? Like, I, I want to go and have a shower. I want to go home. Mm. Um, like, I feel like I can like just go home and come back if i need to and and she said oh yeah go have a shower i'll ask the um the doctor if you can go home and so i stood up to go shower and and she had already left um and like all this blood went over the floor sorry a bit tmi but um like i pressed my buzzer again She came back five minutes later. I was like, look at the blood on the floor. Is this normal? Can (laughs) someone please tell me what's going on? Um, Josh was freaking out. By this point, he had come back um, and he was looking after Claire. And she said, oh, no, it's fine. Like, that's normal. Just go have a shower. Went over to the shower. No towels. Was by myself. Um, Managed to shower, get dressed. And the doctor said, no, actually, you're not allowed to go home Um, because Claire – when she was born, there was meconium in my waters, so they wanted to monitor her for um, 24 hours. Yeah. But I said to them, well, no one's actually been monitoring her. Like, what does this monitoring look like? Can I go home and take her temperature every two hours? Um, because I haven't seen any doctors. I haven't seen any yeah. midwives, nurses, or anything. Um, and they sort of said, oh, well, it's your it's your choice if you want to go home or not. And I just said, okay, well, I'm going home. Um so I went home, and from the minute I got home, I think I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? And yeah. Claire screamed that whole first night. Like, um, from 9 p.m. till like, 6 a.m., she just cried and cried and cried. And Josh and I were awake all night. I was like, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. Um, absolutely had no idea what was going on and I think that's when I started feeling really worried like is this what it's like is this what it's always going to be like and and can I do this can I can I get through this and my midwife came the next day and sort of said Kaylin it's it's like it's okay to feel overwhelmed like it's normal you know it's Everyone feels like this. And I had a lovely midwife, which was which yeah. was great. But I just felt myself getting more and more anxious and more and more worried about how I was going to do this. Like I didn't know mm-hmm. when she was meant to sleep. I didn't know when she was meant to be awake. When she was awake, she was crying. Um, it was just, yeah, I felt so overwhelmed. I remember we kind of did split shifts in that someone would sort of, you know, sleep um, while the other one was looking after Claire. And, but I couldn't even take myself to the bedroom to sleep by myself um, and leave Josh in the lounge with Claire. Like I was so anxious. I was like, no, I'm going to have to sleep on the couch next to you guys. Like I don't want to be by myself. Um, Um. And that was a very weird feeling for me because I've had a little bit of anxiety here and there before, but it's always been situational, you know, like it's been like, oh, I've got to do a big public speaking event and I feel Mm -hmm. a little bit anxious about that. Or when I'm staying at home by myself because I grew up in South Africa, I'd go, oh, I'm a little bit anxious about being in the house by myself in case, you know, anyone breaks in or anything like that. But I would never felt this kind of anxiety that was so constant. And, mm. and even though there was no sort of threat there, it was like my body was just in this like fight or flight mode and I just couldn't snap out of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So, I sort of just put it down to, you know, everyone says that you get a little bit of the, the baby blues. Everyone says you get yeah. a little bit anxious. You're a little bit overwhelmed. It'll get better. It'll get better. So I persisted for a couple of weeks. Then Josh had to go away and, and everything sort of started going a little bit downhill from there. So I started becoming, um, more and more unable to sleep. So I, even though Claire was asleep, I couldn't sleep. I'd lie down and go, Here's your window, Kaylin. You've got three hours. You have to sleep right now. And
0: yeah.
1: I just couldn't, couldn't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that kind of vicious cycle ended up feeding into itself. And um, in that, like, I was sleeping two or three hours a night. Then I was up all day with Claire. Um, and I sort of had this kind of perception that, okay, I've just got to get to six weeks. Everyone says the first six weeks is the hardest. I've just got to get mm. there. And then I'd get there and it it wouldn't be easier. It'd be like six weeks in one day. And I'd be like, but why isn't it easier yet? Yeah. And then i go, okay, maybe 12 weeks. Everyone says 12 weeks. And yeah. by 12 weeks, she'll be bigger. She'll be sleeping better. I'll feel better but it would get to, it got to 12 weeks. And I was like, it's not easier. It's not better. Mm. Um, And I think around about that point, because I'd been by myself for so many weeks and um, we had a couple of other things going on, like a death in my family, and then a a cancer diagnosis in Josh's family. And Josh was actually away and Claire did not sleep. Like she just didn't. And I was like seeing all this information that newborns should sleep 17 hours a day. Like everyone was messaging me saying, enjoy the newborn snuggles. It's just the best. It passes so fast. And I was like, literally like, what's wrong with my child? Like I Mm -hmm. cannot get her to sleep. I would drive for hours and hours around Dunedin at one point because she would only sleep in the capsule if I was moving. So I would just drive and drive and drive. And I remember there was one day um, where I was driving and it sounds really awful um, to say, but I was sort of driving and I was like, you know what? It would be actually kind of good if I just had a little bit of a car crash right now. Not so much that I just like, not so much that I hurt myself or Claire, but just enough that Josh had to come home. And I was like, oh, that's not a good thought to have. Like, I think that's when I sort of realized, oh, like, this is, you're going downhill here and I think you need a little bit more support. Um, And I called my mum and I was in absolute hysterics she couldn't get here. She was in Brisbane. Josh was away. I think at that point he was in Auckland. Um, and Claire was just crying and crying and crying. And my mum said to me on the phone, go to the doctor. Just take her to the doctor. Yeah. Make sure she's not actually sick. Um, get him to check your ear, her ears, temperature. Just go to the doctor. So yeah. I booked her into the doctor for that afternoon. And um I took her in there and I had the loveliest, loveliest doctor. Um, And he looked at her ears and he said, her ears are fine. Um, She was crying this whole appointment. Her ears are fine. She doesn't have a temperature. And then he looked at me and he said, "Kaylin, she's hungry. And, oh, my heart just sank. I was like, this is like the ultimate mum fail. Like, my baby's hungry and I can't even feed her, you know? Mm. And he looked at me and he went, Kaylin, you are under so much stress. Mm. Unfortunately, I think your milk supply has just has just gone. You haven't slept in weeks. You are driving for hours around Dunedin trying to get your baby to sleep. You have no support network. You have no family to help mm. you. You have nowhere to go to just say, please just take my baby for yeah. two hours. You have... Nothing like that down here. So, and I had friends, but a lot of them don't have kids. And a lot of them were actually away at this, this point of the year because their partners play rugby with Josh. But then for the second half of the year, they relocate. So my support yeah. network was next to non-existent. Um, yeah. not a single family member in the country. And he said, Kaylin, go home, give her a bottle of formula. Unfortunately, I think your milk supply is just not going to cut it here. She's starving. And oh. I just went home and went, oh, my God, I can't do it. And the doctor actually called called me and said, I'm writing a letter to your husband's employer, and I'm mm. saying he needs to come home because on medical grounds, he needs to come home. And at that point – um. Josh was actually training with the All Blacks and that's like his dream, right? That's his his career goal is to be there in that environment. Mm. And to carry that guilt of having to be the one that brings him home, Aww. I just thought, oh my God, like this is just
0: horrific. And I know it's so hard, but it's like, oh, the, the, you, you, that's your health. I'm sure he wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah. even have been a second thought for him, you know, when if he knew, like, he's away from he totally. being yeah. yeah. And I
1: know, I know that, you know, he would be home in a heartbeat. Like, it's just yeah. a job. It's it's just a job. Your family and your health is more important than your job. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he came, he came home um, the next morning and I had an appointment with my GP the next day, um, which the doctor the previous day actually had arranged for me and had pretty much said, you need to go to this appointment tomorrow. Um, And I turned up to my GP and she took one look at me. She went, you're not eating, you're not sleeping we need to look at some sort of medication and I'm doing a referral for you through to um, DHB community mental health services. And at that point I just sort of was like, yeah, just whatever needs to be done. Like I need to be able to get through this. Um, And I'm so thankful for that GP because she must have done a – quick smart referral um, and I was contacted by the South Community Mental Health Team um, that night actually, they gave me a ring
0: um,
1: and I had a nurse come out to visit me the next day Um, and yeah, I was I was shocked because working in a working in a mental health space, I was like, I'm never going to get in. The wait times are atrocious. There's going to be mm. no supports. Um, there's people way worse off than me um, that need the support. And yeah, no, it's not going to happen. But I think as soon as that nurse walked into my house, I was like, okay, I'm just going to surrender to this process and take the help yeah. um, because I can't keep. Going like this Um, and and I think that's a really rough headspace to be in especially with my background coming from a psychology perspective Mm. Um, like I've written a thesis on mindfulness like I should be able to fix myself I should be able to you know use all of these strategies I know to be able to get through this and to treat myself and to make Mm. myself better. And I was saying this to this nurse and she was like, Kaylin, it's, you're not going to talk yourself out of this. Mm. You know, this is your, this is your brain. This is the hormones. This is the chemicals in your brain that are not working properly and that are making you feel this way. Like this is what medication is for. And, you know, this is the help you need. You're not going to meditate your way out of this one. You're not going to yeah. cognitive behavioral therapy your way out of this one. You know, this is, you need more support. Um, and I, at that point, gladly, gladly took it.
0: Isn't it interesting as well, as well just the fact that you couldn't see it in yourself, but with your background, you probably would have recognized it in anyone else, but it's when it's you, and you know you're kind of like oh no this is just what you have to do and i'm just going to get through it and i'll just you know you know even when you're saying you know there's people worse off than me but it's like it just takes one person to say actually no you need support and then you're like yes thank you so much
1: yeah it's almost like you need to be like told what to do because you're yeah. so deep in that in that hole you can't you can't see it from Mm. a different perspective and I was so I was so lost and and so anxious and and so needed someone to just say it's okay to feel like this Mm. it's normal to feel like this it's common to feel like this you're not a terrible parent for feeling like this and there's things we can do to help you through this. And I I think I so needed to have someone um, tell me that to be able to then, you know, sort of start looking at how the heck I was going to get through it and how I was going to get better
0: for my daughter, you know. Yeah. And you just would have been in absolute survival mode so you don't have that ability to think, okay, what will make me feel better? Like That's like you say, you needed someone to tell you what – to do and take care of you because you were so focused on taking care of Claire that you know you'd kind of forgotten a lot or, or not been able to along the way um look after yourself so what did i guess the next steps from there look like how did they support you to get your health back and um yeah i'd love you to share share that
1: yeah i mean it was definitely a process and it took yeah. and it took time um and you know I feel like I had to reach that point and and I probably didn't realize the level of work that, you know, I needed to put in and the level of sort of grace I needed to give myself to actually be able to get better. And um, mm. so I think – Josh came home, which was massive. Um, and Mm -hmm. he, and he was home for, um, a good few weeks, a good few weeks, which was great. Um, and so in that time, I, um, had regular meetings with the mental health team. Mm -hmm. I met with a psychiatrist who looked immediately at the medication I was taking and was able to, um, sort of adjust that to suit, um, my sleep was a real yeah. big issue for me and and I think, you know, if you look at the research, there's such a huge link between sleep deprivation and mental health, right? Like mm. it's a reason that it's a torture technique. It's yeah. absolutely awful and I just could not sleep. Um, and so they looked at supporting me with medication to just get that sleep at the beginning to be able to, Recuperate enough to then be able to look at how I'm going to sort of manage that going forward. Um, At this point, Claire was entirely formula fed. So Josh could share the load with me, which Mm
0: -hmm. I felt
1: really robbed of that decision to stop breastfeeding myself. But in hindsight, it's the best decision I ever made. Um, But at the time, I was working through the grief of having to stop breastfeeding as well and the hormonal shift that comes with stopping breastfeeding, right? Um, And I met with the mental health nurse. For the first few weeks, she would call me or come and visit me every single day. And we talked through what I needed to be able to um, to make it through. And a couple of the key things that really helped me and I think would help anyone, you know, that was suffering from postpartum anxiety or depression is that I mm-hmm. needed predictability in my day. Mm-hmm. I needed routine and I, I needed to take control back about some things right I needed to have a plan because I'd had so much uncertainty thrown at me in the first 12 weeks of Claire's life that mm. and I had this baby that was so unpredictable um, that I just needed to take back a little bit of control around my day and what it looked like so I'd actually physically sit down with Josh and be like okay what's your week look like And what's your day look like? And i plan out hour by hour so I knew exactly what was coming. I knew exactly when I would get a break and Mm -hmm. I knew exactly when he would be home and exactly when I could sleep. So I really, really had to dial it back to basics and I found that really helped um, me sort of get on top of things Um, at the beginning while the medication started to work. Um, So that was one tool that I I found really helped. And sleep was massive. Once I started Mm. sharing the night shift load um, with Josh and I could get like a decent chunk of unbroken sleep, I immediately began to feel a little bit better. But in terms of feeling a little bit better, I still felt, horrific you know i yeah. couldn't leave my house i i couldn't i couldn't take clear anywhere because i was too scared that i she would cry and people would look at me and go look at that useless parent you know her child's crying oh. and no one thinks that but no, when you're in the know. thick of it you're yeah. like oh my gosh i can't go anywhere i literally did not see any friends for weeks um I just had lost all confidence in myself. Um, I worried that if people came around, Claire would scream, she would cry, they'd judge me. I like was so concerned that I didn't have the skills to be able to look after her. It was just like this massive spiral. And I remember once Josh said to me like it got to the point where I sort of was like and it sounds absolutely awful to say and I said to him you need to take her back you need to take her back to the hospital and you need to give her to someone that can look after her because I can't do it and he looked at me and I'll never forget the look in his eyes and he adored this kid from the moment Mm. she came out he was like born to be a dad and he Mm. looked at me and he said but but you love her, don't you? And at that point I was like, no, I don't. I don't love her. Mm -hmm. Let's hope Claire doesn't listen to this podcast in 20 (laughs) years. But I honestly, my mental health was so bad that I couldn't even bond with my child. And I just felt like the world's worst person for that. And I wish now I had known that, other people feel like that too. Yeah. And if I just had someone that had been like to me, it's okay. Like it's normal. Yeah. Like I felt it too. You will get through this, you know. Yeah. I wish I had just had someone say that to me because mm. you feel all alone, but you're not. And, yeah. you know, there's, it's so common to To struggle with your mental health after you have a baby, but no one speaks about it. Um, or if they do, it's so surface level um, yeah. because you don't want to seem like you're complaining. You don't want to scare off new yeah. mums. You don't want to scare off people that are planning to have kids in the future. Like you don't want to be that person that's like negative Nelly just talking about all the shit things and not about the good things. Um, Yeah. But the reality is, is that for some people, it is shit. It is really, really shit. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. make you any less of a parent. That doesn't make you, you know, a terrible person or a terrible parent. Like, the fact that you care – is the fa- like that means you're a good parent, you care about that child, you think you're not good enough, and that in itself is saying something. Um, and I wish I just had someone that had just turned up at my front door and had been like, It's okay, I feel it too, but I just didn't have that, and I think that's why it's so important to speak about my experience and be vulnerable around my experience because yeah. there's probably a heaps of people that would listen to this and go oh she just won't stop complaining but if there's one person that listens to this and goes oh thank god I'm not the only one not the only then, one
0: exactly
1: yeah then that is a win to me you know yeah and I feel like in okay. hindsight I honestly think that looking back she was so overtired and she was yeah. hungry, and that was probably 70% of why she was unsettled. Um, yeah. maybe there was a bit of colic going on, I don't know. Um, but at this point, and that was about, you know, sort of four months when she was about three to four months old, um, she was becoming a lot more settled. Um, oh. At this point, Josh actually had to go away yet again, um, this wow. time to the UK. And I went to Brisbane to stay with my parents for three weeks while he was away. And I didn't actually leave the house Um because I was still so worried um, about going out and about but Brisbane's huge right and the level Mm -hmm. like of anonymity that I had there like I I, no one would recognize me if I if I went down to you know the mall or the coffee shop like here in Dunedin and if I take Claire for a walk at the beach I see like five people I know in one in (laughs) one little stretch um and so I think in a way that sort of gave me the confidence to get out and about a little bit more when I was in Brisbane um, just even going for a walk with her outside Mm -hmm. Um, and while I was there my mum sort of like said to me like while like while you're here for three weeks why don't you just try and get her into a little bit more of a routine Mm -hmm. and I went yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Like why don't I work on getting her into a routine because I'm not leaving the house, I'm not going anywhere, I can stay home for a few weeks. Um, And those three weeks were amazing. I um, Obviously with my background, I have done a lot of study and stuff before in terms of, you know, your circadian rhythm, your hormones, um, Mm. child development, all that sort of stuff. So I sort of just took all of that sort of stuff did a little bit of um research myself and decided to sort of in a way it was like I was sleep training her but I wasn't sleep training her I was just sort of you know taking what I knew and being able to actually put it into action at home and get her into a really nice routine um and from that point forward she was like a different kid it was amazing like it probably took me a week um with my mum and dad's help. And she had gone from having maybe like six 20-minute naps a day and waking three times a night to having three solid naps a day and waking once at night. Um, And she was just so much happier. And by the time Josh actually came came home he was like oh my goodness what have you done like she's awake yeah. for so long she's so happy then she sleeps for such a long time like what's going on And she just thrived off routine. Like, once I got her into a bit of a routine, she loved it. And I loved it. Like, my anxiety loved it. I had predictability. I knew she would be happy when she woke up at 10 a.m. And she'd be grumpy at 11.30 before her lunch nap. Um, And, you know, I could – then plan my day around when I knew she'd be a little bit cranky, when I knew she'd be sleeping, and when I knew she'd be happy, which gave me the confidence to start going out and about more, and just yeah. gave me a little bit more confidence in my parenting, and like I could look after her, I could, I could stop her crying. I, I knew what she needed a little bit more, mm. um, and yeah, that was, that was just. It was such, such an improvement and it, it really, really helped my mental health. And that was around, you know, sort of four to four to five months old that, um, yeah, where I sort of slowly could see that like things were maybe going to get a little bit better and I'm just, yeah, that was just the best feeling.
0: And it sounds like, you know, at this point you were probably feeling, you know, not, back to normal or back to your 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 pre pre self but feeling a little bit better and maybe getting a little bit more sleep that you're actually able to like kind of think about these things and put a plan in place and then as you got clear sleeping better and the routine it kind of sounds like you both just started to be happier and you know and it's that sleep thing isn't it it comes yeah you know, with such a big part of your recovery
1: Totally, and I think when you're so overwhelmed in like new parenthood life, like for those first three or four months, I couldn't even look at my phone. I couldn't look at Instagram because everything would be baby stuff, awake windows, nap schedules, oh, yeah. um, the five S's, how to swaddle your baby for the best sleep, and I just was like, I honestly can't even look at this. Like my mum bought me a book and it was um it was about like I don't know, like a, it was like a baby book that she had been recommended by a, a midwife that was a friend of hers or something. And I physically couldn't even look at it. I was so overwhelmed. Mm. I was like the thought of actually having to read a book about babies yeah. while I'm like dying trying to look after a baby all day. Absolutely not. But by the time I got round to sort of feeling a little bit better, I felt like that information fatigue and overload like that really reduced. So I could yeah. actually stop and think about things a little bit more, which definitely helps.
0: Oh, and and it's not anything similar to what you experienced, but I even just remember days where I would, I would be so tired and I'd be like, why is Louie not falling asleep? And just because of being so tired and not being able to think I hadn't swaddled him and he was just flapping around. Yeah. And it's a simple thing to put him, swaddle him up because they love being swaddled when they're that little. But I just could, like I was like the, the answer was staring me in the face and I just didn't have that kind of brain capacity at that moment to think of it. And it's, you know, it, like you say, with all those that information on Instagram that pushes, you know, is pushed to your feed and you just, oh, it's complete overwhelm. Oh, um, totally. So with the sleep thing, I, I know that you've kind of that, well, your experience has kind of launched you into a bit of a, a new project. So do you want to share with everyone what you're going to be doing?
1: Yeah, so um, earlier sort of this month maybe or maybe, Just before Christmas, I was sort of talking to Josh about how like I could give back into this space, and how I could take my background and like my lived experience, and 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 help other mums and support them to support themselves, which in turn will support their babies. And we were talking about how, um, you know, for me and for anyone, sleep is such a massive, massive thing, and. Um, and then we were sort of looking at, you know, the support that's out there in terms of sleep. And I know sleep training is such a controversial topic and mm. people either love it or hate it. And that's totally cool. Like you do you. Um, yeah. But I can promise you that any parent that is experiencing any kind of postnatal mental health struggle, if you can support that parent and support that parent to support their child's sleep, Everything is going to improve. Um, So I said to Josh, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little bit of advanced sleep training, which I'm doing at the moment. um, And I'm going to open up a little bit of a business and I'm going to provide a new kind of sleep support in that. I'm not gonna just give out a generic plan for your baby that's four month old four months old and is going through a regression, but I actually want to support the parent to then support their child with sleep. And and how does that look? If you want to co sleep, you know, great, let's talk about how we can do that safely. If you mm. want to sleep train and you need your child to have three naps a day because you're losing it, great, let's work towards that. But, mm. like, how are you looking after yourself in this process and 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 how is that going to reflect how your baby is going to, you know, Sleep and 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 thrive and you know how are you going to thrive in that process and so I want to open up a little bit of a business and it's called Peppy and Parent, um, and it's going to be a sort of holistic sleep support package, but mm-hmm. I want to make it accessible to people. So I know sleep training and sleep consultants can be hugely expensive, um, and. And it's, it's it's not an option for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so the way that I want to run it is that um, I will be do, providing sleep support and I will be specializing in working with um, parents that have postnatal or prenatal mental health difficulties. And, um, and I want it to be in a way that it gives back to the people that really need the support. So, you know for whoever you know purchases support from this from me and through this program a portion of that will get given back to um, make sure that sleep support is provided to those who really need it and one thing I'm really massive on is solo parents because I did eight weeks solo and holy moly I don't know if I could have survived doing any more than that Um, and also people that are facing sort of economic hardship as well. Mm. So there will be a little bit of a referral basis um, and that it will be a little bit more accessible for people, which will be nice. And I want it to have a little bit more of a psychology focus in that, Mm. you know, I want to, I'm not a doctor and, you know, if you are struggling, you absolutely need to reach out to your GP, but, Mm -hmm. you know, how can I support you to support your child and, their sleep and your sleep and how's that going to look. And eventually I will also um, hopefully expand to working with children um, with additional needs. So ADHD, autism, um, Down syndrome, that sort of thing. But that's a future sort of goal because I've got some great contacts in that kind of field. Um, that I'd love to work with. So that's a little passion project of mine that's coming this year. Um, Could be a total flop, but, you know, I think, who knows, put it out to the universe and, um, you know, if I can help one person and, you know, that's it, then that's great. That's a win for me.
0: Oh, I think it's absolutely incredible. You've been through something incredibly Hard, um, and you have been able to kind of now see a, a way that you can use your experience to help others. And it's so true what you say that you know for a lot of people, sleep training is not accessible. You know they they can't ha- they don't have that sort of money to spend on a sleep consultant. Um, but doesn't mean that they're not struggling with their baby's sleep. And you know what's the solution there? And I know. Like you said, there's so many different things online about like wake windows and stuff, but that's not necessarily going to work for every baby. Like that that one to one approach that you're going to provide people, I think, could just be life changing um, for so many people. So I think it's absolutely incredible. Um, I think as well, you know, we're all just putting ourselves out there, like me, at the moment. Um, yeah. And you just got to do it. I think it's. Um, I think your story will resonate with so so many people and the fact that you've been so vulnerable and sh- you know kind of just kind of taken off the rose tinted glasses of what motherhood is and you know there are like you said there is still those amazing moments but you've been through a very challenging season and you're probably I mean a- are you still kind of in that season now or do you feel like you you've got hot you know you're kind of you're out of it now and you're looking back and you're like okay I'm, I'm feeling good now I'm feeling more myself.
1: I'd say I'm feeling more myself but um I'm very aware of my well being and keeping yeah. an eye on it and making sure that it doesn't slip again. And I'm very aware that it could slip again because, mm-hmm. you know, we know with postpartum mental health problems they can arise at any point, you know, and generally it's within the first year after having a baby. Um but, you know, I'm not at that year point yet. And sometimes it's yeah. longer than a year. So I think I'm feeling more equipped than I was yeah. to deal with it um and I know now how to support myself um through it mm. but yeah I'd say once you've sort of had that experience I don't know if you ever really do go back to like your pre-self yeah that's um, very true. Yeah, and I I think maybe you know it's just growing from that, and maybe learning who the new me is rather than mm. you know ex- how I sort of perceived myself before
0: having a baby. That's such a good point you make. Is it's you know it's not about returning to how you were before you had a baby because your your life has changed. You're not the same person, um, whether or not you've had a uh, you know whether you've been through something like you have or not, like you're still a different person and it's adjusting to your new identity and what that means. Having now, I guess, you know, you're looking back a little bit, what would you say to someone who's really in the thick of it at the moment, you know, going through something that similar to what you experienced, what would you say to them or what would you say to your former self in terms of getting support or um, mm. making a step to, I don't know, towards getting some support?
1: Yeah. I think number one is that it's okay to feel that way. It's okay. Mm. Um, you know, you're not a failure. You're not a terrible person. It's okay to feel that way. And just reach out for support, whether that be to your partner, your mom, your doctor. Like, you know, it's so important to to reach out for support in whatever way that looks for you. And I think it's so easy to say, just know it gets better. And so many mm. people said that to me, I promise it gets better, Kayla. I promise it gets better. Um, and I, I was like, I just so didn't believe them And I, but I think it does get better. I think it's just that that time frame looks different for everyone. And mm. like, I just wish I had known that, you know, it would get better, but it would take months rather than weeks and that's okay. Um, But yeah, I think it's so, so important to reach out for support. And, you know, if you feel like there's no one you can talk to, like there's so many great helplines that you can reach out to, like 1737. You can talk to a trained counselor at any time of the day. You know, you can text Mm. them. Um, Lifeline, like 0800 Lifeline, like, call them, you know. If you're feeling at breaking point like I was, call someone because, like, I really truly believe that a problem shared is a problem halved and speaking to someone and explaining what
0: you're going through, it really, you feel lighter for it afterwards. Oh, I 100% agree. I think that that just knowing someone else's understanding what you're going through even if they're not understanding it they were aware of it it just relieves a bit of pressure and I can imagine for you in that time like you said when someone just offered to look after you or give you help it was it was just an instant relief Um, I think that's really good advice as well and I think so many people will appreciate you being so honest about what what you've been through and I think it's so cool as well how you're turning it into something positive so that you can help other people and what what a you know what a ride for you so far in your motherhood journey to date you know you're still early on and you've already experienced so much and you've gained and learned so much about yourself as well and you, you know your new family member Claire to all of that that it's just it's not necessarily going to be all rainbows and, and sunshines all the time.
1: Yeah totally I think it's important to know that but you know i think people tell that to you anyway but you don't really really realize what yeah. what they mean and you know i think if i could like tell myself something it would be like ask for help get out for fresh air and know that you know you'll make it through like yeah. there's like you will get through it and it's just so
0: important to, to recognize that. I think, oh, I just, I'm so grateful for you sharing because I think it is important that we shine a light on these motherhood experiences as well, not just, you know, the, the, all, the all the positives and the highs because, you know, we see it all on social media and it is a bit of a highlight reel, but there are a lot of people out there challenging and I think it's a reminder as well to check into people around you that are a new mum or not even a new mum and then, Yeah, and just see how they're actually going. And um one thing I also found quite helpful is when people didn't ask, What can I get you or what do you need, but actually just turned up and did something. Because sometimes you're so tired, you don't know what it is in that moment that you need. But if someone just turns up on your doorstep with a meal and then says hi and bye, that is amazing. Like you, you but you just sometimes don't know in that moment of like, Oh, it would be great if someone dropped me off dinner, but just if someone randomly turns up dinner you're just like oh that's exactly what you know that is such a big help or um so I think that's as well something to for everyone out there that has got a a a friend or a family member as a new mum is just to remember that it's not easy it is very tough um and support is everything
1: uh absolutely everything and I think like if I knew one of my friends was feeling the way that I was, I would be absolutely mortified that I didn't Mm. like turn up and and help them when they're at their lowest. But know Mm. that when someone is in that place, it's so hard to say, help. I need help. I need Mm. like support. Like I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't Mm. reach out to anyone and say how bad it really was. And, I mean, I'm so grateful. Like my friend Lucy that flew down and stayed with me Mm -hmm. for a week. Like I had another friend, Chloe, that would literally just come and hold Claire while she screamed for an hour um, so I could just have a shower. And, like, I'm so grateful for those little moments where someone just showed up for me. And so, like – just do it like drop off drop Mm -hmm. off a juice at their front door and say do you need anything otherwise like here's here's some freshly squeezed orange juice and a muffin like that is just that's everything when you have when you have a, a new baby
0: Exactly, because you've probably not fed yourself, even though you've been so focused on looking after baby, and you're actually really hungry. I don't know how many days, you know, you always just put their needs before yourself. Um, and there's so many mornings where I'd be like getting Louis really feeding Louis, and then I'd be like, "Oh my goodness, like look at me! I'm such a mess. i have not eaten. I'm not showered." But hey, he's I looking cute, got a full belly. But what about mum?
1: <laughs> I know, I know, and it's so easy to lose sight of that. So yeah. Reach out to your new mum, friends, families, or dads—you know, whoever it may yeah. be. Like having a little, having a little baby
0: is really, really tough, and it does take a village. And just to wrap up, um, I—it's something I'm getting everyone to share because I think it's—you know—we've got it. We've got to laugh sometimes because if we don't, we'll cry. But your most Holy. memorable poo explosion story with Claire? Oh my gosh! Okay, so I've got a real good
1: one. Oh, um, so we just went on our first family holiday over New Year's and we actually went to Bali with Ooh. my mum and dad, um, Ooh. because they missed our wedding, um, because of COVID, you know. And yeah. um, so we said, okay, well, we'll go on a holiday to Bali to sort of, you know, celebrate, you know, and just have our first family holiday in a while. And so we arrived at, um, The airport in Bali, and we got picked up. And there was two cars, so um, my mum and I hopped in one, and my dad and Josh hopped in the other. And then my mum and I realised actually they've got all of the baby stuff. And um, the driver sort of said, "Oh, there's really bad traffic, so we're not getting to the hotel for about an hour." And mum was like, oh, Kaylin, go grab grab the baby bag. Like, what if Claire gets hungry or needs a nappy change? And I was like, no, I've got a better idea. I'm just going to take Claire and give her to Josh and dad, and then we can just relax for an hour in the car yeah. <laughs> and they can look after her. So I went and um, gave Claire to them, and off we went, and we were in, like, heavy, heavy traffic. Like, it wasn't moving traffic. And we got to the hotel about an hour later, um, and I got out of the out of the car and I look across and Josh gets out the car he's got no shirt on anymore Claire gets out the car she's got no clothes on she's just got a nappy on and Josh looks at me and he goes you owe me for that one and I'm like oh (laughs) no what happened and so they were stuck they were stuck in traffic she did the biggest biggest push she's ever done. Josh oh, was no, holding her he and he was like and he was like, Do I leave it? What do I do? And my dad's like, just leave it. Just leave it. We're getting to the hotel soon. And Josh is like, I can't leave it. It's seeping through her clothes. <laughs> it's on me. I'm gonna have to do something about it. So they changed her while driving like in the standstill traffic laid out the change mat the poo was everywhere Josh was in the back seat like over her trying to change her my dad was in the front seat on his knees turned around trying to hold Claire's legs up the driver doesn't speak a word of English and he just winds down the window and Josh is like, just throw the clothes away. There's poo everywhere, like all through her clothes, all over his clothes. And like apparently it just stunk out the whole taxi. And um, oh. we arrived at the hotel and dad paid and, gave the guy like a $30 tip and was like, was like oh, a good really tip really <laughs> sorry really really sorry for that experience um so yeah that was quite like I didn't have to deal with it so I thought it was quite great but yeah no apparently that was quite the experience
0: oh my goodness and hey good on dad for dealing with that one eh sometimes you know yeah. you just got to suck it up that's you know totally. I'm sure you've done many, many many nappies um totally. <laughs> maybe not that big but hey um <laughs> oh what a good story and it's always the way isn't it it's always been when, when it's oh. gonna be the least convenient time the least um, convenient time totally oh so good hey i have loved chatting with you i loved your. you know i've so grateful for you sharing your story i think you're going to help so many other mums out there um, and just recognizing that it's it's okay um and, and that it can happen this way but there is you know you do come out of it and look at you now you're thriving you've got beautiful little girl Claire, and it sounds like you've really turned you know a tough situation around so good on you um and i if people want to kind of follow along with your new venture how should they do that have you got stuff on socials yet or is it still kind of in the pipeline
1: um, there is a Instagram page set up called Peppy and Parent and there is a website as well, um, com. So if you want to follow along, um, then yeah, check those out. I would be super appreciative. Um, but thank you so much for having me. It's been so nice to chat to someone and, you know, it's been such a great welcoming space. So, so thank you for creating that.
0: Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you, Kaylin.